Welcome to First World Problems, the podcast, episode number seven. That's brought to you by Anchor 84 Records, and you can visit them at anchor84.wordpress.com. And if you're wondering why this episode sounds so damn good, it is because of our special guest, Mr. Chris Sorensen, correct? Uh, yeah, Sorensen is fine. Sorensen? Sorensen is fine. Okay. Uh, from the rock band Seosin. And uh, Chris, we appreciate you being here. Thanks. Not not to be confused with the rock band Sorensen. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. Easily confused. Easily confused. Uh, and we will be reviewing some records. Uh, the new Mother of Mercy record, the new Get Up Kids record, and the new Mogwai record, as well as reviewing the movie Green Hornet, or The Green Hornet. Don't be confused. Those are two completely separate movies. You confused me for a second. Thank you to everyone who's uh, listening, because... Uh, you people keep checking out our podcast, and that's awesome, and we really appreciate that. And uh, you guys did really well in your homework assignment last week on giving us reviews on iTunes and uh, giving us written reviews. Um, and the feedback that you gave us was awesome because you're like, "Hey, your podcast is quiet. <laughs> I have to turn my volume all the way up." So that's why we brought in a, a professional to help us with the, uh, the sound. Um, so yeah, the homework assignment this week is the same exact thing. For those of you that are listening, please give us some reviews because already I mean, we got like 30 people saying we're a five-star program. I mean, that's pretty cool, I think. Yes. Yeah, we're probably just C- Clearly they were our friends. Or they just think this is a very high-quality podcast. And we're probably just as popular as like Glenn Beck's podcast right now, I think. Does he have his own podcast? Probably. So who doesn't have their own podcast? That's true. <laughs> yeah. Glenn Beck's the cult leader. Yes. Okay. Yes, the cult leader. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The Republican cult leader. Yeah. Pretty soon he's a yeah. He's gonna be a Becktown. Right. <laughs> He'll be running for yeah. president shortly. Down in Becktown, the Becktown mass- massacre. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this this will this podcast will skyrocket to the top of the political podcast just because we talked for about thirty seconds about Glenn Beck. How crazy Glenn Beck is. Yeah. yeah. Um. Who can't spell? Okay. Anyway, yeah. He's some seven host. He did, and yeah. a comedian. He's some seventy-five-year-old, some seventy-five-year-old Walmartian is going to come and just storm down our door. <laughs> Walmartian, <laughs> that's pretty good. I like that. Maybe an old Walmartian. That might be even a better. Walmartian. That's yeah, amazing. A Walmartian. Two completely separate creatures, by the way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, please review our podcast because it makes us look cooler. And um, yeah, go do it. Thanks. All right, now moving on to our quick hit section. Boom. <laughs> Perfect. The sound just keeps getting better and better. And actually, if people would like to record their own quick hits uh, section, you can email us at uh, fwppodcast at gmail.com and we'll play it. Because I think that'd be funny if people actually took the time to record a ridiculous sound effect. Mm-hmm. So yeah, quick hits is the section where we recommend something in our lives that uh, we uh, currently enjoy. And um, Joey, what is your quick hit for the week? My quick hit this week is a television show on the BBC called Misfits. I first heard about it on another podcast, and it piqued my interest, so I watched it online, and it is awesome. You, it, you watch it online legally? Sure. Yeah. Let's just say I learned how to use torrents. Yeah, I thought you didn't like watching oh, things online. You grew up and you I did. Wow. Yeah. I'm proud what? of you. Did you, did you actually, could you tell me how to do it? No. I could. You just worked? I just know how to do it now. I couldn't tell you how to do it. Someone showed me once and anyways, 
Uh, it's about five kids who are doing community service. They've been arrested for, you know, whatever, small crimes, and they're all working together. And then a storm comes, and they get struck by lightning, and they all each have their own superpower. And it's awesome. Interesting. It's two seasons in, uh, but since it's on the BBC, there's only 13 episodes. There's two six two six season two the six episode seasons and a Christmas special, and it's fantastic. It's funny, scary. It's all awesome. it's great. Interesting. And it just kind of follows these kids. Sounds like the Breakfast Club. It kind kind the Breakfast Club with superpowers, but then you like other people in the town like will get superpowers. Like it just the Breakfast Club and heroes. Don't it's like it's like heroes, but not shitty. Right. Uh, it it's great. I highly recommend tracking it down. Hopefully, it'll get released over here at some point. But it's they'll probably be a cheap U.S. knockoff at some point. I'm sure they will. Yeah, uh, but season... I'm gonna go off on a limb and say that uh, a lot of British comedy sucks. And B, okay, the American Office is way better than the UK Office. Sorry. Okay. I'm. I can put them on. A different level. I love the British Office, but the American Office is probably my favorite show on TV. Chris, I don't think your your comment will piss a lot of people off. A lot of, I mean, British comedy. Well, is... we have a huge British following. <laughs> we do have downloads from the UK. Do we? It's because eighty your... percent of them. No, I just, uh, you know, people try and claim this elitist profile that the UK one is way better. Yeah, that's just because, and it's they not the, the the characters on the on the US Office are so good. They are. They've been around a lot. Well, all of them, even from the first yeah. two seasons, just how many good characters have Creed, Dwight, Michael Scott. You know, right. Everybody is a great character. Whereas in the UK one, you had Richard Gervais, and then you had the other dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The funny guy. Right. No, it's def- I mean, it's a whole different humor set. But, yeah. Misfits isn't as dry. It's There's one kid who's just really loud and obnoxious, and he's even kind of Americanized because he's so obnoxious and not dry he's because he's american. american people are loud and annoying we yeah. we are that's yeah. <laughs> true that's our whole thing. so and we're but, funny yes very funny actually canadians are funny they are they are a lot more funny than we are is it? Oh, that was a motorcycle control your dog <laughs> my dog is oh. very mad at people running i'm not i can't piss by. you off anymore i know should we close fine. the blinds no, we'll be fine. Okay. Scott. Have you uh, seen? Oh, go ahead. Sorry, You're sorry fine. to cut you off, but have you seen Summer Heights High? I've seen some a couple episodes. That was a great show. What's it on? It was on HBO. Is that the Australian oh. thing? Australian yeah. thing plays one guy plays three characters, oh. and he plays a Tongan, which is like a Polynesian kid. <laughs> He's like a fit. He plays like a, a sophomore in high school Polynesian kid. They may no, actually he might be grade eight. Eight, wow. An eighth grader, and then he plays a junior, um, like girl that came over from private school to a public school. She's like a private or private school ambassador at a public school. He plays mm. the girl, <laughs> and then he plays the uh, ambiguously gay uh, drama teacher. Wow, as well. That's pretty impressive. It's like the, one of the best shows on TV. Interesting. Or was? Is it done? Yeah, he only does one. He's like Rich, Ricky Riz. He only does one season and one show. <laughs> it's like, done. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Scott, I would love to hear your quick hit for the week. The website, hipmonk.com. It's the best website on the internet for getting and registering flights. Oh, okay. Yeah. What makes it so good? It's easy, simple. 
nice to look at. It's similar to like Expedia and everything like that? No. No ads. Kayak? No, because that's just an aggregate of all those other sites. Try it out. Okay. Monk.com. Hip Monk. Yeah. It's beautiful. Chris, I would love to hear your uh, your, your step-in guest quick hit of the week. I'm going to go with um, Orange County Residence, Baja Fish Tacos. Oh, yeah. that's a solid spot. Yeah. What's your meal of choice there? Uh, blackened fish tacos. The nice. best. I'm somewhat of a uh, food snob, and I would say that they're the best. Wait, Baja Fresh? No. Oh, but what you, sorry. Baja Fresh. <laughs> you just spit in your face on that. <laughs> Clarify for me. What's the name it's of a, it? It's Baja Fish Tacos. Okay, where is yeah. that? Uh, there's one on Bristol. There's one in 17th. There's one in Laguna. There's one in Irvine. There's a bunch. Where's the one in Irvine? I've never been there. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and say I don't know. But it's definitely good. <laughs> it is in the city of Irvine. Yeah. I would go ahead and say that, yeah, if you're in the Orange County area, you're looking for a great fish taco. That's where you go. That yeah. is the best fish taco. It's very localized, but, you know. That's what it should be. Put me on the spot. Yeah. No, this, that's that's the way it should be because this is all about Southern California is just as much as it is about music and other random stuff we're into. And England. Yeah. Meanwhile, in Southern California, it's 74 degrees. Yeah. With uh, chances of sunlight, no clouds or <laughs> snow. We definitely don't have to worry about the negative seven degrees that is happening in New York City right now. I mean, it's really tough. I can't ship anything. No. <laughs> like, you know, I can't ship. Yeah, it's... it's Flights it's, are canceled. You know. Yeah, it's terrible. Meanwhile, I'm going, you know, to the desert to ride motorcycles this weekend and the sun probably get a sunburn. Yeah, so that's tough. That's the life that we lead over here in California. <laughs> yeah. It's rough. It is very Pamper, rough. Pray, pray Pampers. for us. <laughs> <Pray>. <laughs> uh, my quick hit is a book that I just finished reading. Um, Joey, I think that you've read all of them, maybe? It's a series. The Mockingjay. Yes. Yes. Did you finish all those? Yeah, I just finished it. The other day. Yeah. It's a book. I finished the first of the series. It's a book called The Hunger Games. And it's uh, it's a young adult. You know, it's definitely aimed at the high school age uh, of kids. And um, it's going to be made into a movie in like, two, I think it's like 2012 or something like that. As of March, I think, 2012. Yeah. They had a release date announced the other day. Right. Which is just, I mean, it's funny that obviously so much like, it gets so much press just in the fact that, hey, we got a release date for it. Yeah. And everyone loses their mind. Um, but the book was really good. I mean, I honestly, I started reading it on Monday, finished it on like a Wednesday. Super easy read. Super easy. But very compelling and very, uh, very cool. I mean, it's kind of brutal as hell. It's very dark. People die. Kids die. The vampires? Just the battle thing? It's not. There's no vampires, no wizardry. No. Okay. No wizardry. It's, uh, did you ever happen to see the basis of comparison that a lot of people draw it to is that, uh, that Japanese movie called Battle Royale. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's not the same? No. Completely different. Basically, the concept is kids, uh, are, it's like last man standing or last woman standing. Uh, these kids are put in an arena and they, uh, Whoever is the person that survives gets, you know, riches and fame and all that type of stuff. And obviously there's a lot more behind the book than my just description there. But that's basically 80% of the book is is the battle that ensues between kids. Cool. And these are kids between the ages of like 12 and 16. So it's pretty cool, though. I, I definitely enjoyed it. And I'm starting the second one. So I imagine I'll be done with those in about a week. So The second one took me the longest, but the third one I read in like four days. But nice. I was also in Dallas and 
You had nothing to do. I had nothing to do. Yeah. So I'm interested to see what they'll do with the movies. Like if they obviously are going to keep it as you know, uh, violent. Well, I, the director's guy who directed Pleasantville and he just did an interview and he was saying that they're going to be violent, but they're going to be clearly made for as PG-13. Mm-hmm. So sure. the kids who read the book can actually see the movie. Because if they sense. did it as the book, there's no way it could right. be. It would be rated R. Yeah. <laughs> and then that would obviously rank them out of like 90% of the problems <laughs> of the movie. Moving on to the music review section. There's no noises for this. Wow. We just invented a new Judd Judd song. Yeah. I've been on this really big Judd Judd kick. I'm kind of bummed you didn't review that. I actually wanted to do a full band Judd Judd tribute band. That and just play Judd Judd songs. That that sounds like something that you would actually do and make happen to a reality. What's your favorite song? Mine's "We're Back." <laughs> Mine's I, I really like the dive bomb song. Yeah, the dive bomb song's good. Yeah. It's funny. This is the second time in two days Judd Judd has come up in a conversation of mine. Wow. And for those of you who don't know what Judd Judd is, just Google it and you'll be able to find some of the best music ever created. Best and heaviest, I'd say. Well, I was just thinking, like, I was thinking back to, like, when bands like Judd Judd could play hardcore shows. Right. And it was somewhat accepted. Right. Yeah. The sense of humor was definitely a lot. Yeah, it was funny. And they got, they probably got 50 bucks to play. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think they only played maybe, like, two or three shows, but... And one of the dudes was in, uh, I think it was in Combat Wounded Veteran. I'm pretty sure it was one of those guys. Or an Assuck. Or Assuck one of those. Yeah. One of the Florida grind bands. But Yeah. This is the music review section. We are not reviewing Judge Ed. We apologize. Quick but, review, um, Judge Ed's awesome. Yes. Moving on. Definitely. Moving on. Two seven inches. Great. Um, let's see. Let's just do it in alphabetical order. Starting off oh. with the record that could be very interesting for all of us. The, uh, the new Get Up Kids record called There Are Rules. This is the Get Up Kids. I mean, I, I, I reunion a, record. Like, I mean, what's a Rickyard? Reunion <laughs> record. Sorry, Rickyard. Rickyard. Yeah, they recorded in Reykjavik, Sounds Iceland. Like it. Yeah, did um, they really? No, they didn't. This is their sixth full length, if I'm not mistaken. I think, whatever. 
Yeah. We're, I mean, we get close. Like, yeah. that's it's between five and seven. Right. Which, yeah, average is six. Um, band had been broken up for a while. Um, they released an EP called Simple Science uh, mm-hmm. mid last year, I'd say. Um, for me, that I mean, I was excited to hear their new stuff. And I got that EP and I was like, this thing is a piece, piece of, of shit. shit. The EP was bad. It's terrible. Okay. And so it was, you know, whatever. And so I was like, okay, we'll see what this full length does. Um, a lot of people have been anticipating it for a while. I mean, it's got, I mean, a lot of press coverage. You know, I saw a review in Spin and, you know, it seems like people like mainstream media people are actually covering this, which is weird because obviously the get up kids never really i mean they got some but not as much as they well it has the bass player from spoon does it well he pees in spoon now oh really did he he help he was in he played bass on the record i think he's on he's on the last spoon record whatever the oh i didn't know that he yeah yeah, he after the get up kids he went to spoon wow that was Mm. a step up yeah i had no idea he did that i mean either yeah definitely some uh decent bass playing on this he was the drummer I don't know. Someone from the Get Up Kids is in Spoon. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool, though. The rhythm section. Yes, the, someone in the rhythm section. So, um, yeah, this is the full length, and uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Chris, let's let's go ahead and just dive right in. Have you, were you a fan of the Get Up Kids previously? Like, in general, um, in the past? Yeah, I mean, something to write home about. Sure. Four Minute Mile, that type These of are, stuff. Yeah, I even liked On a Wire. I thought that record was good. I agree. Uh, I love that record. The vocals are there, like the, sing- the songwriting and the singing and the vocals are there, mm-hmm. but something's going on with the music. It sounds like they like moved to New York yeah. and and got like some, you know, two watt guitar amps and put one on the left and one on the right, didn't tune their guitars and played the highest, most jangly like strokes riffs they could play. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think there was a couple songs on there that I actually liked. Um I've always been more of a fan of the more mellow mm-hmm. Get Up Kids stuff. So uh, Rally Around the Fool okay. is uh, probably the only good song on the entire record. And then, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, there's a couple other ones. But, I mean, I as a whole, I don't think the record was, uh, I think, what we anticipated. It doesn't sound like the Get Up Kids. Yeah. It sounds like... Um, What's the uh, what's the singer's name? Matt Pryor. Sounds like Matt Pryor's solo record to a totally different band. Sure, like there's he... a lot of like weird effects. Like there's a that one song. It's like super happy, and there's like this. It almost sounds like a steel drum guitar thing behind it. Yeah, just uh, I, I listen to it. You know, usually it takes about six rec- six listens for me to like actually get a record, mm-hmm. and just yeah, nothing latched on except that one. Yeah. Rally around the full song. Cool. Joey? Yes. You, you being a very large fan of the Get Up Kids as yes. well. Um, what'd you think? This record sucked. This, I mean, I don't know what I was expecting. Guilt Show was all right. But, so I guess I was somewhat excited for this. And Guilt Show is brilliant compared to this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, go, going back. <laughs> right. This record I mean, it's January, and this is going to be the biggest disappointment of the year. I mean, it's there's elements in it where I'll be like, okay, that sounds like, like some of like Matt Pryor's like vocal harmonies and stuff, but like the way, yeah, yeah, like you were saying, like it, it like I hear Get Up Kids in this, and then they just do some shit that kills, like 
to the point where I won't go see them because I don't want to hear these songs because it just, and it ruins everything that they've ever done. Like it just takes away. Like it's, it's definitely, I feel like it's definitely like a roadblock yeah. where it's just like, Hey, did you really want to come like, you know, support us? Like, no, you don't. Well, Cause we wrote this record. Check it out. And it's like, Oh, Hey, now we're going to play a song on four minute mile. You don't care about that song anymore. You want to play your crappy new songs. Right. So it just, it's just such a bummer. Yeah. To, Cause I've, you know, four minute miles, one of my favorite records of all time. Something right home about is amazing. I love on a wire. It's, it's just a bummer. Yeah. But whatever. I feel you know. like bands. It, it just, it's a record that should have never happened. Sure. It even makes Simple Science look good. Yeah, actually, I haven't I haven't listened to that in reference to this, but that could very well be. Scott, I have a music related question. Are you a ping user? No, I recently updated iTunes, and it just popped up right now. Oh. No, I'm not a ping user. Okay, I was gonna say who uses that? Joey. <laughs> well, it wants me to learn more. So just because we're gonna be sponsored by Ping, mm-hmm. we love Ping. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um. Would Ping sponsor us? It'd just be more of an Apple. No, no, it'd be well, it'd be branded as such. Okay. Scott, duh. Get Up Kids record. I've never liked Get Up Kids. Yeah, it's criminal. Too poppy for you. Yeah, sorry guys. It's okay. So I mean, but this record obviously sounds nothing like the Get Up Kids. So um, unlistenable to me. Yeah, yeah. Once through and it hurt. Yeah, it was a piece of work you had to yeah. get through. Done and done. There, there was some parts in this where I. Yeah, my ears hurt. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> sonically, though, this is sonically speaking, not taste. So yeah. how, how does this happen? How does a band lose what made them special? Well, because uh, nobody cares about anything that they do past that, unless they, you know, there's no. I don't think there's any room for bands that to uh, to keep making records once they made a good record. It's you always die off. It's tough. I mean, it's tough to follow up that yeah. record that obviously is so successful, where it's like you know. Are you familiar with um, the Beatles? <laughs> it's true. They made it work. Yeah, they did. Yeah, but that was when music was cool. Right. <laughs> nobody. Now it's not cool. Yeah. The uh, yeah. I mean, I, I everything that you guys said about the record, I completely agree with. I mean, it was yeah. Like for I agree with Scott. Like honestly, got like halfway through the record, and I was I, you know I felt offended. I was like, you guys. Really? You fucked up. It's you... a slap in the face. Totally. <laughs> and I just don't... There's it... some really avant-garde parts in there, too. Like... Yeah. I mean, it like... Sounds like, 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 uh, like Reggie was uh, smoking <laughs> a little bit too much of the de- devil's lettuce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was just like, it's such a uh, effort for a band to like do something so far. Like, you know, there's nothing wrong with a band progressing in their sound, but when it's like you can realistically draw the lines from one to another, you're like, okay, I get where they were going, you yeah. know? Like, what? Like, Caven is a random example. It's like, yeah, Jupiter was a step out, but like, you could still hear pieces what made Caven Caven. And the only thing that you can hear on this record that makes Get Up Kids or this record sound like Get Up Kids is all, it's like everybody's saying with the vocals. Matt Pryor, yeah. Other than that, it sounds, I mean, you couldn't, you could play this music for someone and you'd be like, oh, yeah, this is new Get Up Kids. He's like, no, it's not. What do you mean? Yeah. Doesn't I'm, sound like it. No. I wonder if there's people out there who were like, man, Something Right Home About is my favorite record of all time, and this record's amazing. Yeah. Probably is. I find that so hard to believe. I know. Just, I, it's just, I mean, as soon as you say, as soon as there's somebody that doesn't like a record because it, it truly does suck, there's always the person that's like, nah, it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely very good. 
All right, well then, uh, let's do... We're doing stars, correct? Yes. Yeah, out of five stars, uh, Scott. Uh, one, if I have to give it a star. You don't have to. You can okay, give it a zero. No, no, okay. No. Just good. Joey? I'll give it a one for the vocals on song two, but that's the only reason why. <laughs> okay. Chris? I'll give it a two because there will always be broken side. You know? <laughs> Comparatively speaking, yes. And I don't, you know, the Get Up Kids could do any record and they won't be a one star because they're, the, the what I put in the category is a one star. Right. It's so crappy. It's atrocious. Right. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, I, I would probably, I mean, I, I would be in the one star range, not using your, I mean, using your measurement stick, two star all the way, but yeah, one star as far as like. But I feel like a piece I don't of, want to talk about Broken Side. Never mind. Yeah, this is, this is, a, this is <laughs> go a, ahead. No, this is a. This, <laughs> I don't want to give them any credit. This was just like too much of an effort. Forward thinking. <laughs> no punk rock. That's Genre defining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, uh, moving on. We will be reviewing the uh, the new Mogwai record, which quite possibly has the best record title of I don't know the past ten years. That was incredible. True. Hardcore will never die, but you will. All right, this uh, this record is put out on Matador, which they have been on. Wrong. Wasn't it on Matador? Sub Pop. Sub Pop. Oh, wow. They moved. That's right. This is the first on Sub Pop. It's a big deal. It is a big deal. And I can't even believe I just glossed over that. Next. Yes. You want want to re-record that so you're not humiliated? No, no. I I will keep the humiliation in there. Okay. Um, So, okay, yes. Sub Pop, great label. Obviously, most of us are completely familiar with their catalog. And uh, then moving on to this was... Like everybody said, a big deal, but obviously not a big deal to me. I didn't pay attention to that. Um, and uh, yeah, it, Scottish band, mostly instrumental, um, very progressive in that sense. Um, a lot of people definitely credit the whole, you know, slow shoegaze, whatever movement. Post rock. Post rock, right. yeah. Slow core, I've also heard. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. 
So that that whole genre is definitely, you know, Mogwai is one of the pioneers of it. So, and I don't even have a number as far as how many full lengths. Probably their sixth. Maybe seems like a good ninth. I think they're in their ninth. Okay. Definitely that would be seven. Seven. To Wikipedia. Okay, thank you. Number seven. Uh, all right. Uh, me and the dog are friends again. Just That's good. <laughs> Update. Update. Uh, Scott. Yeah. Knowing that you are a large Mogwai fan, please, well, please. Well. No, I mean, are, like previously, did you like like Mogwai? Did you love Mogwai? I loved Mogwai circa Happy Songs for Happy People, but they've so like two records ago. Three, three records ago. Okay. They always seem to have one awesome song, like early in the record, to like really get you going, and then mm. it's just downhill. And I think that they suffer from that on this record too. Okay. Yeah. Just didn't do anything for you. No, I mean it's it's way better than the Get Up Kids. Like <laughs> <laughs> it was a treat. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's not the go-to Mogwai record that I'm going to listen to. Mm-mm. No. Got it. Got it. Well, Chris, since you jumped in, oh, let's. No, uh, you're you're fine. There's no order. So the uh, what do you think? Wait, I'm not done. The oh. <laughs> <laughs> right after you, Scott. They ruin every every time they put vocals into a song. For the uh, most part, it's wrecked. Really? And in particular, on the second track on this one, it was like, it was weird. It's nothing I'd ever heard from Mogwai before. Yeah, it doesn't sound normal. And it was not a good addition. I loved, like, on like on Rock Action, how they did those, like, robotic vocals, you know? It's like, yeah. There's a couple songs that have good, some vocals are pretty cool, but they've always been a little bit more on the back. Yeah. Back end, this is, yeah, this new one. I think, I don't, I hate all of... Uh, Mogwai's happy songs. They're upbeat songs. Mm-hmm. I don't like any of that like stuff. Like the heavier ones? Well, it's just like the do-do-do-do-do-do-do style mm-hmm. ones. I like the ones where it's super loud and then gets quiet mm-hmm. and then loud. Yeah. Like rock action. I even think uh, Hawkus Howling's really good. I agree, too. I love that record. I like, really like that record. I don't think that... I think there's one song on this record that I really liked. It was called uh, Rano Rano. Okay. And uh, I think that one was good. And Letters to uh, Madrid. Okay, yeah, that was just on the record. Were you a big fan previously? Yeah, I've always been a huge fan. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is just, you know, it's kind of run-of-the-mill. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's a good right, good record. It does, I always try and equate what they do on record to what they're going to do live. Mm-hmm. And this stuff would just be boring to me live, mm-hmm. which is somewhat... Uh, ironic because their music is boring, right? But and I mean that in the sense, like you know, it's, it's the 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 uh, the peaks and valleys that that make me like want to you know yeah. see Mogwai live. They go from crickets to sure. the loudest, most excruciating sound I've ever heard in my life. So have you have you ever seen them live? Yeah, a couple yeah. times. I yeah. saw them at Coachella outdoors, and I had to cover my ears because it was right. so loud, and it was awesome. I was actually going to reference, yeah, Coachella, like, 2006 or seven or whatever. 2006, yeah. Yeah, I, it was funny because I was there with my wife, and she, we we could not watch the whole set because she was like, I need to leave. Like, I'm going to pass out <laughs> yeah. because the sound was so just yeah. ridiculous. But, yeah. yeah, and I saw them in Japan, too. And, oh, really? Yeah. Japanese yeah. kids just losing it. Really? <laughs> just freaking out. And it yeah. was so loud. It was indoor. this like, tightly packed stadium just like, oh. It was yeah. awesome. It was I saw, awesome. I saw the last tour at the Wiltern, and <clears throat> for whatever reason, the 
strobes were like right i was in the very back and the strobes were hitting me the whole time i was like <laughs> nauseous by the end of it yeah seizures <laughs> yeah it was awful that, that doesn't sound fun yeah. uh joey yes mogwai where, yes. where do you where do you stand on that band i'm not exactly sure Meh. yeah i uh, just a band i've never it's not really my cup of tea yeah they're a band of working at the record store for many years i would hear them a lot sure and always appreciated them but never really I'd never be like, oh, I need to buy the new Mogway. Right. And it's kind of where I'm still at today. I appreciate it. Like, this record was, it was good. I can't knock it. Yeah. But I don't ever see myself. It didn't make you turn the corner on, on Mogwai. No, no. And from what I'm gathering, um, it wouldn't be the record to do that. No. Yeah. So, nope. um, but, you know, I can't knock what they do. And right. like Scott said, it's better than the Get Up Kids record. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> That could be a theme of this <laughs> this episode. Uh, yeah, I, I I mean I agree with all you guys. I definitely um, am not against the grain with the thought process that this is just another Mogwai record. Um, I, I definitely felt like they really did try to do something different, so to speak. You know, mm-hmm. like just at least elements of it. You know, especially like we were saying with the vocals on you know track two, um, and them definitely not concentrating on like what what people notoriously know Mogwai to be, which is that, you know, loud, quiet band. Um, I definitely felt the record was like on a more even pace, you know, like it didn't really have all these, uh, you know, these different levels to it. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, nonetheless, like, yeah, still, still a solid record. It will find a place in my collection, but it wouldn't be the first record that I would give someone to be like, you need to listen to this band called Mogwai. Yeah. So all I remember was there was an EP that came out some years back. That I really liked. EP plus six, probably. EP plus six. Don't know. Yeah. Couldn't couldn't tell you anything. That one's yeah, good. That was really good too. Um, yeah. I, like, I like the record cover. It's like, yeah. It's, I think it's Seattle. I thought it was Japan. I could be wrong though. Either way, it fits perfect with the title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I, just, I mean, I just, I'm glad this band exists. Yeah. You know? it's no, like of course. You're. Even their bad record's not that bad. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like. Guess we can oh, kind of. Right. It's like, oh, okay. Like, good job. Thank you for that. Uh, Scott, what'd you give it star wise? Three and a half. Joey? Three. Chris? I'd say three and a half. Yeah, that's three is exactly what I was thinking. All right, moving on to the next record is uh, the newest Mother of Mercy full length called Four Symptoms of Existence. Yeah. 
this is their first full length for Bridge Nine and second full length overall, um, right? Yes. Because they start. It's weird how they started with number because they they two seven inches. Two before. seven inches. Yeah, yeah. Because one would assume when you're numbering stuff that it's the so this is their fourth release exactly, which is cool. That I like it when bands obviously have some recurring theme with all their releases. I think that's a it's a cool vibe, mm-hmm. I mean, especially for like a hardcore band because you know most hardcore bands are obviously not trying to break any molds, so to speak. Um, so yeah, this is their, uh, I would say highly anticipated full length cause you know, this is their first real debut to the world, so to speak is on a, on a larger level on being bridge nine and stuff like that. Are they uh, from the UK? They're no. not. They're not. They're from outside Philadelphia. The singer sounds exactly like he sounds like he's a Brit. Yeah. <laughs> sounds Back like he's completely, a Brit. I was thinking about it. I was like, dude, this, this guy has British. To be. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Joey, love to hear your thoughts on the Mother Mercy record. You like the last full length? Yes, I've I celebrate their entire catalog, <laughs> and I will add, gladly add this to the collection. I think this record is awesome. Uh, I mean, it's January, but I think this could end up being one of the the best hardcore <laughs> records of the year. Wow, what's so funny, Scott? It's early in the year. I know Joe, Joey's just making definitive it's, statements. It's He's gonna standing. A, it's going to be a tough record to beat, I think, for me. Okay, it's heavy for it, the whole year. One of the best. <laughs> I'm just saying it's a good hardcore record, and I'd like a hardcore record to see what can what can be better. Okay, at this point, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I really I loved it. Okay, um, I thought it was a good progression from the last record. Uh, I think this band is awesome, and they want they want to be a metal band. Oh yeah, I mean them like the progression that they've taken. It's like you know, I mean the artwork that they did. Like they worked with this Paul Romano guy who is you know mastodon's artwork guy okay and so they you know they they picked a person who's like not just you know live photo stage yeah. dive finger point cover yeah letterman's like block right. font <laughs> exactly so it's that i mean that's it seems like that's the direction they're obviously heading especially with this record i think like, it's a a good move oh yeah yeah <clears throat> i yeah it's not me um chris what did you uh what did you think previously thinking they were from the UK? Um I I am very um out of the hardcore loop. Sure. Um not and I came from the hardcore loop and I to me this just sounds like regurgitated hardcore and it's good in the sense that if you want to listen to, you know, the same music that you have been for a long time, then this will probably work. Right. Um, to me, it sounds like like older, just like it sounds like Bridge Nine hardcore. It sounds like Terror to me, like that style. Okay. And um, I actually thought that the vocals reminded me of a certain Ray Harkins. Really? It wow. Did. Reference. I heard that, like in, in like blood, they, they yeah, blood curdling, like a lot of spit. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> I, w- I was known for spitting over people. No, but I definitely heard that. Not you know, not necessarily a, a writing style, but more just the vocal tone, I sure. guess, and style. I heard that. Um, and uh, there, the the record, I didn't know what song I was on. That was the only issue that I thought um, was a big issue. Was every single song was like 
just kind of you blended know. into one another. Yeah, it's a, it, a lot of the same riffs and just the same thing. But yeah. in, in, in the sense of making consistent record, I think that's, you know, probably the smartest thing to do, especially for a debut. So, sure, sure. Kudos to them for that, but I'm, you know, maybe I need to start doing my hardcore again, I guess. You're going to start, start moshing again, I guess. Yeah, but as soon as they started wearing basketball shorts and, like, just this thug life, white crime. <laughs> that's all it is, is white crime. Yeah. Just bugs me. Sure. No, I get it. I just can't go to the shows anymore. There are certain lines that people have to draw in the sand that it's like, yeah. you know, I just don't get it. Well, I would much rather go back to, you know, fashion core when guys look like girls or <laughs> even I'm back sure further when it was like greasers sure. on Broken Era or even further when it was like not basketball shorts, but basketball jerseys and like kickwares and right. t- turtle shell uh, <laughs> <Right>. Adidas. And <laughs> yes. Only windmills. and Oh, yeah. They all, sound, like, they all sound like winners in my book. Yeah. All, yeah. all those fashion trends are just yeah. spectacular. Right, it would be amazing to see any one of those like actually make a real comeback. That would be, that'd be really I interesting. I, it's I, just, it was just funny that like, you know, hardcore and everybody back in the day and, you know, the early uh, or late 90, uh, late nineties was uh, pretty much everybody's straight edge. And that style was on par exactly with ravers. Yeah. Like they were one in the same, but not. <laughs> right. As far as the ways you can possibly Yeah, as far as lifestyle. Yeah. It's just weird to me. Yeah, definitely. Because my brother was a raver at, and you know, back in 97, sure. 96, he was a raver. He would wear his like 46-inch bottom kickwares. <laughs> he had to pay like 150 bucks for him. Right. And, and you then, know, and he would have jewel. He had like, you know, stretched ears. And then sure. he would go to hardcore shows. He, and then my he, brother would be there, but not my brother. He would be... You know, his doppelganger. Right. <laughs> That's, I, I like that observation. Uh, Scott, what did you, uh, what'd you think of the record? Um, Chris said it eloquently when he compared it to just any records from my youth mm-hmm. or his youth. If I would put my iTunes on shuffle in 98, no, 2000 probably would have been similar type of music. Mm-hmm. It's nothing I'd listen to now. Sure. I know. I mean, I know you're. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chris. For some background on Scott, he listens to solely adult contemporary classical music. Still, yeah. we could just make a recording for every hardcore record and have Scott. It'll yeah. just say, like, it's cool. It's just not my thing, right? But that's kind of everything. Every time I say something that Scott wants to review, so yeah, yeah. like Mogwai, exactly. Yeah. Right. It's 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 good, but we understand where each other are coming from. So, but yeah, so that's your the yeah. record would have the record would have found a place for you. I, I would have loved it, like. Junior year, nice. Yeah, it's just it, it's crazy that that uh, specific style and that riff structure and that like that it like the songs are the same, and they've been that way since what we're going on ten years now. Sure. Since that style kind of like really got big, two thousand one, two thousand two, like two thousand three, I think is when it really started getting big. It was almost just like it got out of. Because, like, late, late, late 90s was everybody was doing either, like, math metal or, like, they were doing, like, melodic, sure. hardcore, Shai Halud-style stuff. Right. And then they got into this, like, weird pentatonic, uh, no, go-nowhere riff stand- thing that just kind of, like, made you want to slam dance. Yeah, it was just and all it's about... it's just, yeah, and, and here we are. breakdown. Yeah, 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 2011. Still we're back about, in it. Still about that. Yeah, I like, uh... I like this record. I mean, I definitely, uh, it won't 
I can already tell it's not going to be like a top 10 record for me. Like similar to what you were saying, Joey, um, as far as it's just not, it, it doesn't grab me. Like I really don't remember any of the songs. I know seeing them live is great. Like I've seen them a few times and it's, it, it's powerful. You know, the band is definitely good and professional at the way they present themselves. I do like the fact that it, it does harken back to like, you know, I mean, bands like Integrity, Ringworm, that type of stuff. Like that is realistically what this band is trying to like live up to in mm-hmm. some way, shape or form, you know, like just really being that mid nineties, you know, metallic hardcore, um, which is cool because, you know, not a ton of bands, you know, either pay respect to that or even pay attention to that stuff anymore. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a good record. I mean, it's a great record for people that are, you know, just wanting to, you know, a really solid hardcore record, but it's like, you know, if it's on bridge nine, it must be good. And the stamp of approval is there from that sense of the term. So. Yeah. They definitely have a, a hold on the genre. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So I think this record is uh yeah, it's good and it'll find a place within, um, any hardcore kids record no they'll, they'll go out on tour with uh terror sure currently on tour with sick of it all right. there you go <laughs> there you go exactly but um yeah are they, I, are they young kids younger uh probably mid-20s mm-hmm. i don't know exactly i mean they've been in bands before this that mm-hmm. toured i definitely would like to see them because i do feel like it hits too much on one note you know where yeah. it's just like i would like them to see like you know maybe like a little sense of you know melody or something to break it up a little bit um, and I definitely think the band can obviously do that on the next record. You know, this is just to definitely cement them within the scene, so to speak. But yeah, solid record. Joey, Starwise, four, solid. It's very good. Chris, like a four plus. Oh, not, four, not four, not, four not, trending well, to a five. Well, not quite four and a half, but I know Scott said we can't do like four and a quarter. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, Chris, Starwise. I'll go to three and a half. Okay. Three and a half stars out of five. That makes sense. Scott? Three. Three-ish? Yeah. Yeah. He, he's, he, he, you get mad when I ask you about stars. This was your idea, Scott. <laughs> he wants to give it a zero, but I feel to... like rating a record that... Never mind. Go has ahead. no relevance yeah. to him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I understand. I don't... You can speak out. Okay. It's fine. We understand where you're coming from. Okay. How many stars? Null. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you. That's... Yeah. You're just, you're just gonna speak, my new game plan. I don't know. Speak your thoughts. Um, yeah, I give this record a three. It's definitely solid. Hey, Kato, you knew my dad pretty well, right? Now that he's gone, I'm thinking I haven't done anything good my whole life. I'm not sure what I should do. Wanna see something cool? Whoa! You did that? What did you think of my father? He was a complex man. Think about this, Kato been completely wasting our potential the city needs our help we could be heroes here's what will make us different we will pose as villains to get close to the bad guys that way no one will suspect we're really the good guys i want you to take my hand i want you to come with me on this adventure i'll go with you but i don't want to touch you all right next up we will move into the movie section and we are reviewing the movie the green hornet uh, directed by Michael Gondry, starring Seth Rogen, Jay Chow, Christoph Waltz, and Cameron Diaz. Uh, M- came out... Michel Gondry. Oh, I apologize. <laughs> That's true. I, I did not notice the A missing from his name. He's a French. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, Green Lantern, a takeoff, the uh, 
the old comic book. The iconic comic book character. The TV show. Yeah. It was a, it was a DC franchise. You know more than I do. Yeah. Knew it was a comic book. I enjoyed the comics as a kid. I followed all of the, the superhero characters. He, Green Lantern wasn't like my favorite by far because he was just a, you know, an average dude, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, this movie was supposed to come out uh, last December, but got pushed back to January. That's usually a bad which, sign. Yeah, which right. says something. So from that, we will move on. Ray, what did uh, what did you think? I enjoyed the movie. I I liked it for what it was. Um, I didn't like and and let's reference this fact that Chris, our guest, was not able to see this movie, so he's going to be the audience, the impartial judge of whether or not he will be convinced to see this movie. It's kind of like a game show in a way. Mm-hmm. You don't win a prize, though. Yeah. You, necessarily. You, you Peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, except a, a nice uh, movies ticket stub. Yeah, exactly. I'll give you the ticket stub of the Green Hornet. Yeah, cool. Um, but yeah, so I th- I mean, I'm glad I didn't see the movie in like 3D because, I mean, I, I just get... Just 3D is a waste of time. Yeah, I just get yeah. so mad when movie. I mean, so many movies are obviously making themselves, you know, they're upgrading to 3D just to be, obviously, make money and charge mm-hmm. more and whatever. You so, can't make it good, make it 3D. Right, exactly. It worked for Clash of the Titans, right? Wah, wah. Wah, wah. Um, so yeah, I just, you know, I saw it uh, regular two dimensions. <laughs> um... But uh, yeah, I liked it. I mean, Seth Rogen as an actor in this movie, like you know, he he just sucks. Like, I mean, he plays Seth Rogen. Yeah, and he just you know he's not likable. Like you know, you're not walking away being like, dude, the Green Lantern's a badass. Green Hornet. Like, the Green Lantern's coming out later this summer. I don't know why. Jeez, I, full I, of no, typos. Sorry, I am full of full of typos with my mouth. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Green, Green Lantern, directed by Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> M- Michel, Michel. Ron- M- Gonandri. Yes, we're close. That's all that matters. But uh, yeah, you, you know, you didn't walk away feeling like he was an awesome character. And this is like, you know, you deserve to have part two and part three of this series. You know, it's uh, it didn't leave me with that feeling. It's like okay, that it was, was over. That was all I needed from that. Um, you know, the uh, Kato, the Korean pop star, or whatever the heck the guy is. Um. He was, you know, he was funny. Oh, I mean, he was the highlight of the movie yeah. for me. Yeah, he, definitely. He, he was did, great. He, uh, and, you know, his lack of English-speaking ability was hilarious. You know, yeah. the, the the words that he did say that he completely butchered, you know, were obviously, like, left in there because it was funny. But, um, yeah, and then, I mean, Cameron Diaz, like, she's useless in the movie. I was just going to say she was so unbelievably useless, it's not even funny. Yeah, it's, I mean, you could have spent much less money and cast... Uh, any hot girl in that role and it would have been fine but um yeah, yeah I, I liked you know michelle gondry's play on you know like the the cato vision like how you know the special effects that were used as far as like the fight scenes and stuff um you know it was very stylized from you know what you know him as a director so i thought that was i thought that was really cool so yeah i don't i mean all the reviews of it have been absolutely terrible and people say it sucks but um I mean, I I don't know. I just don't know what you would expect going into the movie. I mean, I kind of even knowing it was released, it got pushed back to January. Right. I kind of went in knowing that and was like, all right, like, I know I'm not going to see the most amazing movie ever. You're not going to see The Dark Knight, but it, it's definitely entertaining. It's not going to be Open Water Two right. <laughs> <laughs> or Piranha 3D. Great movie, actually. Yeah. What did, What did you think, Scott? I agree with all of you. It wasn't worth the time. 
That's actually not what either one of us has said. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, okay. I'm glad I, I saw no, it. No, okay. I apologize. I didn't like it. It wasn't worth the time. Mr. You, Mr. You, Negative. Do you typically like superhero movies? Nope. You never liked comics as a kid? Nope. Did you like having fun as a kid? Yes. <laughs> okay. Magic the Gathering. Do you enjoy waking up? <laughs> Love it. Wait. You like... Wow. Okay. You liked magic. I yeah. know. Let's focus on this for a moment. Okay. So, like, how deep did you get into that? Deep enough that I would go watch the tournaments but not participate. Because you were so that, intimidated? Well, I was young. The players were a lot older. Oh, okay. But did you have your own runes? No. No? No. Because you, didn't you have to have those, like, jewels? Like, little jewels? No. No. Okay. It was all cards. Yeah. I knew it was cards. I only played it once, but... I had a couple. I actually never... You dabbled? I never learned how to play the game. You just collected the cards? I pretended, yeah. Yeah. I definitely. I played Marvel though. Mar- there was a, uh, an RPG game, mm-hmm. uh, card game called. It was all Marvel characters. And that mm-hmm. one I played that one for like, you know, maybe a week, and then I moved. Then Pogs came out. I was game like, over, dude. Everybody's game over with Pogs. Yeah. I was I was a year too old for Pogs. But really? Yep. I had my magic. We're the same age, Joey. Well, then you went to a loser school because all the cool kids in my school didn't Whoa. play. It. And wow. The, and the seventh graders did. All right. Well, before we get too personal. Moving on, Scott. Apparently you... I just uh, want to tell you that I had my magic cards in a binder. Okay. So you could keep them pristine. I had my, base, I had my baseball cards in a binder. Yeah. yeah. Any reasonable collector does that, True. I think. I keep I... my records in a binder. <laughs> <laughs> in one giant book. It's a huge binder. Back to the movie. I was impressed with the cast. Um, the casting. Not the, the performances they gave, but the, <laughs> the guy from The Wire. That was cool to see. Black yeah. guy. The guy from the wire. Am I missing? The black henchman with the afro. Oh, okay. Don't yeah. you remember him? Yeah, no, Boxing no, I do. Instructor? I do, I do. I remember that. Yeah. Okay. And Christoph Waltz was awesome. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't think it was that bad. No. It was. It was worth my time. I mean, it was written by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Is that his name? Yes, Evan Goldberg, who wrote Super Bad, and I think they wrote Pineapple Express. I mean, you could definitely tell. Oh, I mean, it was Pineapple Express. <laughs> it, it was written Crappy for movie. Seth Rogen. Yeah. Uh, so it just, I thought it worked. I yeah. mean, it's not the best thing I've ever seen, but um, yeah, I wouldn't, I don't regret seeing it. You wouldn't kick it to the curb? No. You wouldn't kick it out of bed? I would. Morning. I mean, Cameron Diaz was useless yeah. again. Um, it sucks. That yeah. sucks. She was useless. Very just... useless. Uh She's. I mean, yeah. She could have obviously added element of even. I think more she's humor. been doing a bit some bad movies, right? Hey, money's money. Night, you know? night, night and day. That was Jesus, the last one. Yeah, and she. That was whatever. I mean, that was another movie that was just like, meh. It didn't didn't see. Oh no. Yeah, I haven't really liked her since Something About Mary. Great <laughs> I movie. Didn't like her since The Mask. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Well, not really. I'm just kidding. But that was her first movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Um, but you know, uh, Jay Chow as Cato. Stole the movie and yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's cool. What, what would you give it? Uh, I'd give it. Uh, I'd give it a seven. Like seven out of five. Wow, wow. that's so, good. Oh, stars. Perfect movie times yeah, two. Probably. Jesus, <laughs> probably check that one out immediately. I, I just thought it was incredible. I mean, it's a work of art. Uh, star wise, I would probably give it uh, right down the middle, two and a half. So that'd be a five, five out of ten if you're going. To, so if it was a seven, then you would give it a three and a okay, half. I gave the get up kids a two, two out of points. Five. Of, okay, so that's right. Get three. Thank you. I, I do need people to balance me out. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate that. Scott, uh, a two leaning toward a one. 
<laughs> it okay. leaning backwards. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I would give it a three as well. Cool. So, was the a question from an outsider? Was the movie a very um, Michelle Gondry esque movie? Mm-hmm. If you're a fan of Michelle Gondry's movie Science Asleep, at times, yeah, I don't feel like that he was used. Like he didn't use his style enough. I think that's because he's usually like a no special effects guy. Like he doesn't use CGI, but this movie had yeah, like the yeah, like the fight scenes. It was very it was it like you you could watch the certain scene. Being a fan of him as a director, you could watch certain scenes and be like, oh, that's cool. Like that's that's typical. It's just highly stylized, you know. Um, but he was definitely underutilized from that. Yes, like. It could have kind of been anybody that come, came up with that cool vision, not so specifically yeah. like him. On on a side note, did anyone see the episode of uh, Jimmy Kimmel Live that he directed? I did. Well, I saw part of it. I saw the uh, damn the damn things performance, okay. and I thought that was awesome. Yeah, and it, it was stuff like that throughout the entire show, and it was really really cool. Apparently, he directed that episode. Yeah. Like, oh wow. Because I mean, he's had guest directors before, like Quentin Tarantino did one, and I didn't know that. But uh, apparently, it took so long that to do stuff, they had to re- keep retaking stuff. Like really? uh, yeah, like there was a uh, a thing where like um like water maybe water dumped or uh, something happened where like uh they had to like cue something at a certain time and they had to shoot it like a couple times and the damn things almost didn't play because of the time. Really? Wow. Yeah, and they were super bummed. I can imagine. But you know, at the end of the day, they were stoked when it. It looked really cool. Well, they were cool playing. and they sounded good. That's awesome. It was cool. Still boring. Yeah. <laughs> but. <laughs> So are you going to see this movie, Chris? Or are you just going to let that... Yeah, I mean, I'll probably see it um, on accident. How about that? Like it's one, yeah, if, I'm not going to go to the movie to see it. Like, I right. wouldn't go spend $10, but if I was at home and it popped on, like, HBO, I would definitely yeah, sit check and watch it, out. it. Yeah. Yeah. That is a, that is a compl- that's the perfect description for this movie. We'd like to thank our sponsor... Anchor 84 Records. Their new release, A Shipwreck, a castaway's new EP called Life in General, is out on February 22nd. What Hands Are For's limited 12-inch LP is available in late February, and then a new 7-inch EP from Heart to Heart is out in spring of this year. Go to anchor84.com for more information and pre-orders. My own personal recommendation They released an EP from this band called New America that is absolutely incredible. It floored me in ways that the new Get Up Kids Foyne did not. So check it out if you're fans of them. Let's listen to a little bit of their band, A Shipwreck of Castaway. The track is called More Machine Than Man. Alright, now we're to the interview portion of our show, and we are with our 
ever-accommodating special guest, Christopher. Does anyone call you Christopher? Uh, girls do for some reason all the time. Yeah? Kind of bums me out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Then I uh, won't call you Christopher. Chris Sorensen, the uh, four-string four bass, yeah? Yeah, I'll never pl- ever play five strings. Okay, I, I would play two strings if I could. I'm the dude, president, president of the United States of America. <laughs> that is an incredible reference. Yeah. He is the uh, bass player for a rock band named Seosin that is, uh, you know, well known within the independent music community and even outside of that as well. Because uh, you guys have had some uh, some mainstream success, I would say. Had a couple breakthrough hits. Yeah, you know. Yeah. You're uh, you're not alone, which is this generation's every rose has its thorn. Yeah, minus the uh, six million selling <laughs> record. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Fair enough. Fair enough. But uh, yeah, Chris, you've uh, how long have you been? I mean, you've been in it since the beginning, correct? Or towards yeah. the beginning? Yeah. Yeah, first show. Two thousand three. Okay. Got it. Almost got eight it. years now. Um, how'd you even in, how'd you end up? Because I don't know how you ended up in the band in the first place. Um, I actually was in uh, a crappy band. Um, Which was the name? What was that? The, the name was called Portrait in Blue. I wouldn't say we were crappy, but we were just, you know, developing. How about sure. that? That's that's fair. And uh, we actually were recording a demo or an EP or something. I can't remember what it was. And uh, we were trying to actually, I was talking to this chick that worked at Fiddler Records. And um, I'd actually met Bo a couple months before he, he was a... Uh, recording this grindcore band for um or called Isidore Crane. Okay, yeah. Yeah. All right. And uh a couple, you know, dudes were around there and they were in that band and I was friends with one the with the guitar player. And uh so I met Bo then a couple months later I, we were at um the Roxy to see the first Seosin show and um and also to talk to Fiddler Records, and uh, Justin was out front, and um, I had never met Justin before. Justin's a guitar, uh, guitar player, and uh, he came up to me. He's like, "Hey, man, what's going on?" Like just out randomly out of the blue, and uh, we just Maybe got you, talking. Was he, was he trying to pick up on you? You think? Most likely, yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. I was, yeah. I mean, I thought he was a chick. Right. And, <laughs> no, um, and he was like, "Yeah, we." Uh, it's like I'm Justin. You know, I play in the playing sales and we're not playing tonight our bass player quit and i was like cool well i'm your new bass player he's like really cool and it kind of i mean it's kind of funny how it works that way but it just (laughs) it worked that way like i went i went inside i didn't know bo was in the band and i saw bo i was like what do you i met you a couple months ago he's like yeah i'm in sales and we're supposed to play tonight with bass player quit i was like cool i'm i'm your new bass player he's like oh cool and then you tricked them Pretty much, yeah. And <laughs> That's the, the, amazing. And the thing, the shame, well, not the shame of it. The what was funny was I was with, I was there with my other band, Ooh. right? And we went and like took some promos in some parking lots or some shit like afterwards. That's a and uh, at that and point, I, did you think it was a joke, like, or were you? No, I in my mind, I was just kind of like, all right, I'm, I guess I'm in the band, kind of. I told him, just basically told him I was in the band. I didn't ask him, <laughs> and. uh and I got Justin's number or Bo's number, one of those guys' numbers. And uh, like, you know, maybe a week later, I packed a bag of clothes and vacated my f- apartment and left everything in the apartment. Because you were living in Huntington. Oh, in Huntington. I was in Huntington off of uh, Bolsa Chica and Warner. I had like four roommates. We had a pretty big 
pretty big place. I was sharing a room. And then one day I was just like, I didn't tell anybody. I just hopped on the city bus and just bailed and moved into Bo's, Bo's garage. Okay, nice. And that's kind of happened from there. And then that's I funny. took. Yeah, because I never, I never knew the story of you. I mean, because obviously it's like the Seosin as a band has obviously always been very mysterious in the sense of yeah. like how it got together and like you guys have had so many singers and there's so much crazy shit that happens. And it's like, yeah, the origin story I know is not readily out there as far as. Yeah. I mean, I the, the the true origin story is that a couple dudes got together and then by chance, another dude knew Anthony who ended up singing over some tracks. Right. They flew him out, gave him a thousand bucks. Um, I joined the band like short, really shortly after he came out. And then, um, you know, then we just kind of went on from there. Yeah. Some things didn't work out right. twice. And, <laughs> and here we are kind of trying make, you know, making new music and potentially with a new singer. Yeah. Yeah. Years. I was going to, that was one of the next questions I was going to ask is because I know you guys are obviously, you've made immediately highly publicized split with your last vocalist Cove. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, sorry. What was that it? was my announcer voice. Oh. I, I would the... never be an announcer. <laughs> yeah. The highly publicized split yes. with their singer co. Oh, oh that's good. Go. Sorry. Yeah, that that Suspenseful. was that was very that was much more radio like. Yours was more circus like. <laughs> that's true. Well, Seosin is kind of a circus in a way, right? Sorry. Silence. It's okay. Silence <laughs> speaks whatever. <laughs> yeah, so how is uh Seosin is a circus, yes. Seosin is a circus. Yeah. Um so how is the uh, search for the singer going for you guys so far? Um, we we did a uh, – apparently things don't spread as easily on the internet as I thought they did. Um, we told people – I well, I mean when we decided to let people know that we were going to try and find a new singer. Sure. Uh, I think we did it a little bit more nonchalant than we should have right. and – so we didn't have a singer for like five months, and then something came out like recently, a couple, two months ago, three months ago, where suddenly people found out. Right. And they're like, "You don't have a singer? What is this?" Like, I think I took Cove's name off the Facebook page, and like the you know half the continent of Indonesia freaked right. out, <laughs> and because uh, we have a lot of Indonesian fans, and uh, yeah, and so. Everything up leading up till then was pretty mild as far as like people were trying out was people that we knew, recommendations of other people. Right. And then once that happened, we got the flood oh, yeah. of crap. Which b- before we move on too much, I would like to really concentrate on the flood of crap because I remember when I was tracking stuff for Taken, mm-hmm. you like Bo and yourself would, I mean, Bo was tracking, you would occasionally pop in, listen, you know help us record and stuff like that group vocals group sick <laughs> sick group vocals and you guys play because this is when you were this is in between anthony and cove mm-hmm. and you guys played us some of the funniest audition tapes i've ever heard in my life yeah though these are uh, i mean at that point we would subject ourselves to letting somebody track over our, our songs this is to the point now where this was before YouTube and do-it-yourself, garage banding and all that, so we had to bring people in. Right. These people will send us, like, YouTube clips and be like, and just not stop bugging us. Like, this one kid, I can't, I can't. So if I type in Seosin Audition on YouTube, I'm going to find things? 
Possibly, yeah. Well, I mean, there's just going to be kids singing the songs, yeah. But there's this one kid that sings in his bathroom. <laughs> and uh, and he sent us this email, and it was just like, hey, man, I'm the best fit for your band. I'm, I have the most, it was like, I have the most perfect voice for your band. And uh, he's just saying, like, all this weird stuff. He's 19. He's like, I took a... He's like, I was a major label puppet for three years. <laughs> now I'm trying to take a more indie route. And I was just like, oh, my God, dude, who are you? What an intro. <laughs> yeah, and he sent us, like, tracks of him singing in the bathroom, and there's some there's some on there. And uh, you can check them out uh, on uh, YouTube if you want to right now. Oh, yes. Oh, we, we, should probably, we should probably pull some of that audio and play it in there. I can't. Does he have a name that I can search for? We'll yeah, bleep this out. Yeah. Mikey Sawyer. M I K E Y Sawyer. Does he play in a band? Does he play in a band currently? Tides no, he's like, a, he's like, I have so many fans. Oh. I have so many fans waiting to see what I uh, join, what band I join up with next. That makes sense. <clears throat> um, there's dozens. <laughs> I, I don't know where to start. <laughs> We don't need to play. We'll we'll, we'll we'll probably just rip that audio and then we'll play it. Out and we'll play it in the show because mm-hmm. I, I think that's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's that's Lucy. So how do you, how do you let these guys down, or is it just stop communicating? What's that? How do you, how do you, how do you tell Mikey Sawyer that he might not be the right fit? I told him that specifically. I said, yeah, man, you're not really the style we're looking for. Mm-hmm. And then he kept going. And he emailed my – he somehow got my roommate's email. Ooh. Whoa. And like was, hey, man, can you talk to – You pass the word. Because I imagine this – I mean, and I know we see this all collectively like on, you know, your news sites and stuff like that where it's like people – I mean, people would literally like kill themselves to be in Samson. Like would go – I mean, far and above what any normal human would constitute as like normal behavior, be like you know quitting their own band. A, a kid just quit his band and said he's gonna because he's gonna sing in Seosin. Right. That was what was that band? Was, was it, it Tides of Man or something like yeah. that? And it's just like I mean, it, it's does it blow your mind that obviously people like are that devoted to obviously wanting to be like a part of the band? Like, I mean, what sort of feeling does it give you? Is it just like weird? It's pretty weird yeah. in the sense that we have no concept of I would never do that for a band, you know? Right. Or would I? I can't I can't I don't know, I'm not in that position. Um but I think that people the you know, the internet has opened up the possibility of opportunity. Yeah. Not necessarily the realistic opportunity. Right. So, you know, a lot of these videos people are like, I can sing and it's like you're, and then he'll sit, you know, they'll send us a song and they're singing the song, the whole song in an octave lower. <laughs> and it's like, what is this? Right. Like, did, you, did you listen to us? Yeah. And, uh, you know, but the, the kids that are dedicated or the kids that want to be involved, I think are, you know, it has to say something, you know, for us and we can't really acknowledge it in the sense that we can be like, oh, well, we're badasses, but at the same right. time. It's good for us to be like, well, if you know, if there's somebody who wants to do this, there's like a good response. There are kids that want to do this, then right. it has to mean something. So maybe we should try, you know, right, 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 and figure it out. And we're all we're all kind of the point now where it's like we accomplished a lot. We think, you know, and uh, 
and whereas most bands would like try and like hang on to that and keep going and putting out crappy get up kids records and <laughs> yeah we're at to the point now where it's like all right well if that was what we did then let's have that be what we did and right figure out something else to do yeah, yeah. that makes sense that makes cuz you can just you know easily tarnish your reputation as the get up kids right. you know kind of proven to us you know whereas like kids that may have thought Seosin as the get up kids is to us then we won't want to don't want to tarnish that reputation or that history that they have yeah kind of hitting on that same note because I know you guys had like the last record the last record cycle that you guys went through was definitely like I mean I don't want to call it backbreaking for the band but it was definitely tough for you guys in relation to probably what you experienced with like the Capitol record right yeah I mean it was definitely you know a really big issue I would say that it was you know one of the main reasons why we don't have a singer now, you know, is that whole process that we went through. Right. Cause you guys, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong at anywhere in this point, cause you guys basically had a, like pretty much a full record, like tracked or enough. I mean, enough songs that could constitute as a record that it was like tracked. And then you turn it into Virgin and Virgin was like, we're not hearing the hits, bro. Like the typical major label response for a lot of records. Um, um or, or yes you... and no. I mean, okay. we pretty much had, no, we had, the problem is we had no guidance, and you a band needs guidance when you're dealing with that much money, right? Or that much I wouldn't say pressure, but that much like there's a lot riding on it for us. You know, there was a mm-hmm. lot as well as well as for the label, and we had no A and R guy. We'd already like the entire label had been fired three times during our last record cycle, so we were just kind of like trying to be punk about it. <laughs> But we're also trying to be helpful about it in the sense we're like, we'll record the record for free-ish. Right. And we'll do, you know, do things our way and then we'll hire somebody to do vocals. And it didn't work out that way. Mm-hmm. And then we went with a different producer and then we blew $100,000 at some lavish studio up in Malibu and didn't get songs done. Right. We got five songs done and none of them were hits according to the label, you sure. know? sure. And then we were like, well, we'll go back to doing it ourselves. And so we went back to doing it ourselves and we came out with some really cool songs. And then, but the new A&R team didn't know, like our song Voices, that song Voices actually did, did pretty good at radio, mm-hmm. but it doesn't, I wouldn't call it a radio song, you know? Right. Whereas the new, and our old label, when we first signed Capital, they understood that and they, instead of working a song that caters to radio, they worked radio catering to this new style and hoping that people would latch onto that style. Right. And it worked shortly. And then this, when we came into this new one, they're like, there's no radio song on here. We're like, well, we have catchy songs. You need to make it work at radio. Got it. Didn't work. That that didn't work in their perception. So we got into this big pickle and we ended up having to write more songs and we had to actually go in to do co-writes and then we got screwed on a co-write when some fool showed, you know, showed the label this song that he wrote mm-hmm. and we didn't write. And then they're like, well, you have to record that song or we're not going to put the record out. No, they really held you over that barrel. Yeah. Oh, and so we were like, all right. And That's... this was, we had spent all of our cash at this time. We were, you know, recording from, um, April mm-hmm. of 2000. And eight, um, we went on tour for a couple, like for a month and a half, but mm-hmm. from April, 2008 up until June of 2000, 
nine, we were off tour. Yeah, you know, funds dry up. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> that's putting it lightly. <laughs> yeah, the funds dry up. Um, wow, that's crazy. I didn't, know, I didn't know that that was. I mean, it was. You, you always hear these stories and like of you know that we're like i was saying you know push does come to shove and it's like you know the uh, the major label game like holds a band at ransom and stuff like that and it just yeah it completely happens you know and there's this the, the this fool that took over the label like shut off basically when basically if it's not his idea or you disagree with him then he shuts off yeah and uh you know we had a couple shutoffs you know <laughs> yeah. and by the time you know we were you know time to put the record out it was just like a disaster right and uh i mean yeah we were you... putting out songs that sucked and that didn't sound cool and there was nothing good about them right except for the fact that there was a quote-unquote chorus and we had a songwriter that was like this is the next hit yeah you know we, we figured that was a small compromise we could kind of still accomplish things that we wanted to but at the of end of the day you don't have that chance as you much you might have had back in the day when you could you yeah know, actually write a record when, of your own <laughs> well you had that and you also had a whole record cycle to prove yourself you didn't have to do it in one song <laughs> yeah that's true yeah i mean it sounds like obviously you just experienced the usual major... it was the absolute 100 percent most cliche uh, possible textbook like only hear it in fairy tale major label disaster <laughs> right 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 yeah um, but I mean, the silver lining in that is obviously the fact that you guys were able to negotiate yourselves out of that deal where you, I mean, yeah, well, I wouldn't call it negotiations, but I would say, <laughs> okay, fair. Sorry. Yeah. I would say that we're no longer in a record deal. So now we can do whatever we want. Right. Is that the direction you guys are going to head in regards to like, you know, I mean, obviously so many bands are, you know, doing the whole self-release type of thing with, you know, getting an imprint and a label or whatever, just working with themselves. Have you guys kind of planned that stuff out in your own heads? Um, it's a tough call because yeah. I don't think people realize the work that goes in. Sure. Um, you know, if we put out a record ourselves, like a cold release online only or something like that, something we could actually afford, right. then... right. Are we going to sell a thousand records? You know, or are we going to sell ten thousand records? Who knows? Sure. Um, we're just really concentrated on making the music that we want to make, right? For the you know, for our own reasons versus having to even consider anybody else. Well, yeah, you because you guys are in the position now where you have the luxury to do that as yeah. opposed to you know having that sort of pressure where it's like yeah, because I mean. You look at it from this perspective where it's like, you know, your capital record, like, I mean, you guys, that's close to being gold or am I drunk? <laughs> I mean, Yeah, it's close. Right. Probably at, probably at around 400,000. Right. And it still so, sells really well for some reason. It's crazy. We, yeah. And that, I mean, that record came out, what, 2006? Six. Yeah. Yeah. And then this, the Virgin record, like, you know, you're, you're sitting at, I mean, I think even through all of the trials and tribulations you guys had, like, you probably are still sitting close to like, I mean, at least 150? If not more, or is it? Maybe... No, I think it's a little bit. I think it's a little bit less than a hundred. Okay, but in terms of right. reality, it's still awesome for a record that is a flop. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, you can look at it from those perspective where it's just like you know, even if you sell whatever a certain percentage of it, writing the re like you know, taking the music. What is that? Me? I don't know. I don't know who it is. Does the phone have to be? Communicating. I'll keep mine. Keep mine far, far away. 
Um, Sorry about that. It's okay. It's just interrupt me in the middle of a thought. I know I heard it too, but I just kept trudging through. Don't do that on the okay. our, our listeners need to hear pristine they're, sound. They're, they're doing just fine. Thank you. Airplane um, mode is the new rule. Um, see, I totally lost my train of thought where I was saying. Um, oh yeah, just selling, you know, selling a percentage of obviously what you guys have done in the past. Like you, you probably would be able to carve out some obviously decent size of, or some relative size of, you know, living out of that, you know, where if you were obviously able to receive more of the compensation than what you did previously where it's. Oh yeah. No, I mean the, 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 our chunk of the pie has definitely gone up, but also our chunk of the pie going out has also gone up and we want to make sure that if we do invest I don't think people realize how much of an investment being in a band is like personally, not only time, but money, you know, um, it's, uh, it's not a free ride at all. And, uh, you know, we, we just want to make sure that we're doing it because we make good music, not because we're too lazy to go get real jobs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean that, and that's, you know, you all collectively, now i mean obviously in your the interim like when you've been home on tour and stuff like that you know you guys aren't you guys aren't lazy you know it's like you have you know you have a full-time job doing a and r stuff for a t-shirt company mm-hmm. it's like bow tracks a lot of bands mm-hmm. um and so it that perception of that so many kids have of you know like what being in a rock band and a rock star means like you know you you what do you tell kids that obviously come up to you and are just like, you know, like, yeah, we want to be like, we want to be that we want to do that. And that's our life. Like, you know, how, how do you even like begin communicating that to a kid where it's just like, I don't think you even try. Yeah. Because you know, when you're in the moment, it's not apparent, you mm-hmm. know, it's always in hindsight. Right. So you start with the delusion and when you're during, you know, you're very numb during the process. And then at the end, you're kind of like either thankful or regretful, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think, uh, you know, like I said, I think we're all stoked that we made it this far and we did a lot of cool stuff. You know, we played China, right. played Indonesia and places like that. Right. Um, and I think that's kind of our milestones. Mm-hmm. Um, I, if anything, I would, you know, try and uh, knock down the delusion that it's a party all the time because it's pretty boring. Right. <laughs> and I don't know if that's just, you know, our band or a couple bands that I knew, but it, Straight up touring was boring at times. Sure. And, uh, you know, I wish people would realize that. And, the, you know, the, the biggest thing for us is just, like, the the uh, the perception of money. I think uh, Jeff Jeff Rickley from Thursday just put out an article recently for, for AP talking about, like, the realities of money and how much money they made in their heyday. And, you know, it's true. You know, like, our... At our heyday, we're selling four, you know, almost four hundred thousand records. We're making a teacher's salary, right? You know, and that's what we can take home. Sure. And that's stretching, you know, some bills that we need to pay. Um, you know, obviously, there's cheaper ways to do everything, but of course, at the same time, you know, you, get, like, you guys could have bought less cocaine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or less dogs on the road. Like we just kept buying dogs at fairs. <laughs> yeah, like state fairs, just they pick up food, a new, yeah. yeah, a new breed. <laughs> 500 bucks a pop, <laughs> special to vegetarian foods, <laughs> shit adds up. It, it does add up. 
but yeah, yeah, because I think yeah, Jeff's article was like you know like I made less than ten thousand dollars last year off the band, like that he was saying like in two thousand nine or 2000, yeah, yeah, two thousand ten yeah. or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, I mean that that just puts it in perspective where it's just like yeah, it can be a career, but you need to be level headed about it. Yeah, of course you have to. I mean, we, you cannot make, you know, I don't think anybody, you know, it used to be out of the thousand bands, maybe a hundred would do you know, a decent living. And now it's like out of the thousand bands, five will do a decent living. <laughs> right. You know? Um, so I think people, you know, people definitely need to, to realize that. And you know, we, we still, I'm not, don't deny. I still, you know, we still can make money. Of course. You know, we still get so, some publishing checks from record sales and stuff, but you know, it's not enough to, cover rent and a car and right, right you know if anything it's enough to keep you afloat while you're on the road right you can uh, get in on the podcast game we're living large yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i mean we've we've got at least four hundred thousand dollars invested in this thing right now yeah so. four hundred grand yeah. and these mics alone each yeah. one of these mics one two three four is a hundred grand so <laughs> i don't know no big deal Did it's very four hundred grand or four hundred dollars <laughs> yeah uh, I think it's four hundred dollars. Okay, that's that's yeah. sixty. And the studio, sixty-nine. That one's actually a little bit more expensive than these three. Yeah, that's it's true. Deluxe. Yeah. Why do you get that, Mike Scott? <laughs> long, long, long story. <laughs> he just had it at his house. Um, kind of to wrap things up on a more uh, lighter, funny note. Um, I mean, obviously your band has experienced so much random stuff. Whether it's like you know, like song placements, like what is what is the like. The mo- one of the most random things where it's like, you know, you, if I were to tell your, you know, 22 year old self, like, Hey Chris, like your band would eventually have, I mean, besides obviously, like you said, traveling to China and Indonesia, I mean, that's already like that your mind wouldn't have comprehended that. Uh-huh. What's like the funniest random thing that happened in the, the Seosin arc where it was like, this is like, you know, one of the most surreal moments or any, anything that was just, even if it's a small thing where it wasn't even like a, it, this meant so much to me, but it was like, that was funny that we were featured in a hockey video game or whatever. Uh, we actually had a song at the Harvest Crusade. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> what? Did you pay yeah. for that? No. Oh. Nope. That's what song? You're not alone. That's yeah. who? Fitting. And did, did, Never are. Correct, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't that song, didn't you guys have a tie-in to the military with that song too? Like, yeah, we did. We okay. did a bunch of military stuff. We played like there was a t- like basically we played the uh the hospital where every where everybody goes after Walter, Afghanistan. Walter Reed? We played Walter Reed. Wow. We played acoustic inside the rehabilitation center for amputees. Wow. Wow. Oh, that is And heavy. so I played we played guitar on Basically, there's like a, a rubber track that revolves around the gym. So there's all these amputees. And this is in no way, you know, trying to... Oh, no, no, no. But in, in if any way, it's just, you know, trying to exploit the awkwardness. Right. I was, so I was on the on the track. A li- we were sitting there on the track a little bit. And we're playing songs. And, like, there's, you know, dudes working out, trying to work out their appendages and right. or what's left of them. And there's a girl, like, coming around learning how to use a new leg and we're playing a song and she's like, you know, we have to like shimmy our bodies all weird so she can get around us <laughs> while we're playing. 
at the Walter Reed. And then later that night, we played inside like the military version of a Walmart. They have like base Walmart type things. Oh, we yeah. had to go set up in there. It's just bizarre. Wow. Like, Do you get paid for that? Or is that out of the goodness of your heart? No, that was all volunteer. Wow. I mean, the, that we did like this prom. Like our label had this grandiose idea to, to uh, do a promo tour okay. circa like 98 boy band style right. where you would not play shows, but you would go city to city in a bus and shake hands, do acoustics stuff, do meet and greets right. and stuff like that. It was, it was bull crap. And, <laughs> uh, and we played, um, on that tour alone, we played a haunted house <laughs> In Rhode Island, to two people, <laughs> or no, I'm sorry, three people. Two were radio fans, and one was the Bride of Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah, nobody else. And then we played, we played in Oklahoma at noon. We played inside of a Qdoba <laughs> to like six people that were like. What is not? That? They did not know who we were. <laughs> they were they there for burritos. A couple yeah. people were there just for eating. A few were just like old, like Stumble Second game. Amendment type guys, <laughs> you know. And uh, that was awkward. And then obviously, you know, playing. You know, it was a, it was, and I should say it was a, somewhat of an honor to play at the Walter Reed oh, to yeah. be able to meet these dudes. But you know, um, to play there, it was just like like these people are like learning how to use our legs and we're like oh yeah we're seos and yeah. uh this next song <laughs> check out our new check record out, yeah just thank you guys and we're trying to play and we're like they're like dude get the fuck out of here right. i want to learn how to use this robotic leg now yeah. <laughs> right get out of my my uh out of my track right <laughs> get out of my track yeah so that whole like that whole tour was just like a complete like uh it was just a nightmare. I'm sure every morning you woke up and you saw the call sheet. It was pretty much like, really? <laughs> like, really? Yeah. This is a good it's idea? Like, like, we would play an acoustic show, go to a radio station, and then do, like, a fan event at night. And usually consisted of, like, laser tag or, like, <laughs> paintball or, like, go-karts. And we're, I'm just thinking, like, dude, I'm, at that time, I was, like, I'm 27 years old, 26 years old. I'm, like, this is it? Yeah. Like, what am I welcome doing? To, yeah, welcome to being a rock star. <laughs> What am I doing? Here, I'm playing laser tag with five 14-year-old girls. Yeah. <laughs> laser tag is pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was great. I mean, those great. parts I like paintballing. Like, it was fun, but it's just, just like, kind dude, of... I could be home right now right. eating Baja. This is chocolate. how I sell records. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you to Chris. You can check out uh, Seosin online at facebook.com slash Seosin or follow them on Twitter at Seosin. You can follow all of us on Twitter. You can follow Ray at XPurposeX, Scott at Scott Arnold, or me at Joey Cahill. Join us next time when Matt from Set Your Goals will be our guest. Good times. <laughs> Bye. Hey, Matt. <laughs>